Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Family Health Podcast, a podcast for families and leaders that want to strengthen families. My name is Dr. Corey Gilbert, an author, university professor, licensed professional counselor, a life coach, and researcher, and speaker on topics such as trauma, abuse, sexual ethics, and gender, and sexuality issues today. I will be your host. In this podcast, we'll be focusing on four areas. See these as a quadrant, your health, your purpose, your relationships, and your work. Each week, we'll be diving into one of these four areas with the goal of challenging you and encouraging you in building strong families. We're sponsored by the Family Launch Academy, a community of families, parents, and leaders that want to see their children launched well into adulthood, prepared for what's to come. Find out more about the community, resources, courses, trainings, and Q&As with me, Dr. Gilbert, and the Family Launch Academy by joining our free Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Family Launch Academy. Now let's get into this week's episode. This week, I'd like to look at gender through the lens of girl, woman, and femininity. How would you define femininity and womanhood? Would your description include their bodies, personalities, actions, or character? Which should it be? Do you think of cooking and cleaning, pornography, empowerment, or something else? Your definition matters. My goal here is to expose some of your ways of thinking as a mom or dad about womanhood and femininity so that you can lead with intentionality and forethought. Much of what occurs today in conversation about femininity is not well thought through and is reactionary. Some is abusive and offensive. I am saddened as a father and husband by the narrowing definition of identity centered on their body. The church's definition has not been much um, better when it limits women with a strict definition linked solely to a woman's role as wife, mother, and homemaker. How do we counteract this as parents of daughters and sons who will be marrying one day? Girls compare themselves to others and wonder, am I good enough, pretty enough, smart enough, tough enough? Our daughters are at risk just as much as our sons. They have so much against them, but the most powerful forces at work are the battles in their own minds. Nancy Lee DeMoss writes in Lies Women Believe that listening to the lying serpent leads down a slippery slope of disobedience. The truth is that what you believe matters, who you listen to matters, and this is critical as we raise our daughters. Who is speaking into her life, giving her value, identity, courage, and strength besides you? Our ethos as parents matters because we are leading them to develop their own ethos from a place of truth, not lies. Think about your own story and how the lies you believed and were exposed to at some point in your life impacted how you view God, yourself, sin, marriage, children, emotions, and your circumstances. We want our daughters' foundational beliefs about themselves and their bodies to be based on truth and not the lies she may be tempted to believe. This is only the tip of the iceberg. Dr. Daniel Amen discusses the uniqueness of women in his book, Unleash the Power of the Female Brain. Men and women are vastly different, and this is a good thing. As we discover more about neurobiology, a fascinating field of study, the complexity and brilliance of God's design of the sexes becomes apparent. Women have assets in their minds that men do not possess. They also have liabilities. Through our micro-conversations with the daughter, we want to encourage her to understand herself, her unique intuition, her ability to empathize and collaborate, and her self-control. We should educate our daughters on the complexity of the endocrine system and that the food she eats, her exposure to toxins, and the fluctuating hormones in her body will affect her mood and outlook on life. 
She will battle addictions, anxiety, and the comparison trap. Your daughter's social connectedness is a powerful tool, and it can be both an asset and a liability. Each of our daughters were uniquely knit in their mother's wombs. Some, of, some are impulsive, and others are compulsive. Some lean towards sadness or anxiety. Preparing your daughter to know herself and providing her with the tools she will need is a critical part of raising a young woman into adulthood. In Why Gender Matters, Dr. Leonard Sachs demonstrates that boys and girls are different. The better we understand these differences, the more free we are to be ourselves. This is taught in the home, modeled, and lived out. Dr. Sachs shares an example that when asked to draw a picture, girls typically draw nouns, people, places, or things, and boys draw verbs, actions, states, or occurrences. As girls mature, changes in their brains, activity, move emotions out of the amygdala into the cerebral cortex, while boys' emotions remain in the amygdala. Dr. Sachs is critical of the idea that boys need emotional literacy and should talk more about their feelings. This displays a lack of understanding or care that boys and girls are biologically different in many areas and that we should not, not force them to be the same. Dr. Sachs states, you are asking a boy to make connections between two parts of his brain that don't normally communicate. We are different. How can you help your daughter celebrate these differences and embrace them? What do your daughters need from you? They need your strong influence in their earlier years, birth to 10, but then the freedom to wrestle with ideas as they get older. Think about it this way. You have approximately 10 years to speak into your daughter's life as her primary influence. After that, life changes drastically. Our daughters are vulnerable, and many of us are unwilling to engage in the hard conversations needed before they are 12 or 14. By the time they are in their preteen years, they are much more interested in what their peers and the media say than what you say. It is never too late, but your tactics and approach must change after they reach the age of 11, though this age varies between children. Over the years, what you have voiced as beautiful influences what she will see as beautiful. When you complain about your body, its shape, or that of your spouse, your daughter's opinions are being formed. This affects what they see as negative, unwanted, or unacceptable. The discussions you have driving around town influence them. Have you ever heard your child making a comment verbally that sounds offensive, even downright mean, yet you immediately realize that they are only repeating something they have heard you say? That's painful. They are little sponges and mirrors. This is why the micro-conversations we have with them prior to puberty matter more than almost any of the others we will have with them during their teenage years. Are you prepared? The truth regarding gender is that it is not as simple as boy or girl. That aspect is almost always clear and determined by biology. As a young child in kindergarten cop told us, boys have a penis, girls have a vagina, and both genders come with their own limitations, despite what the world seems to be telling children, and each child will have their own limitations. We can live within these and find amazing freedom or fight them our entire life and live a very frustrated and angry existence. So parents, I have some stuff for you to do. Last night I was sitting outside with my 12-year-old son after an eight-mile bicycle ride through Salem, Oregon. We discussed girls, dating, and marriage, but our conversation also ranged to peer pressure. 
the fear of walking into a room and not knowing where to sit, and the stress of the weight of others' opinions about us. All of this was initiated by him, not me. I followed where the topics went. How did this happen? A million micro-conversations have been the theme of our home and have created a foundation, an ethos, that give him the confidence to be vulnerable. I tell my children, even before puberty, that they are their own person and make their own decisions and thus are fully responsible for those decisions. This matters as we prepare them to bear the weight of more difficult decisions and their consequences. If they forget to take something to school or camp and you come bail them out, what are they learning? Are they learning responsibility or that all others will cover for them? Do we let the small mistakes shape them or, or so that they can avoid the larger ones down the road? Do you anticipate the teenage years to be full of conflict or of excitement as you see that they can be trusted to use wisdom as they make choices regarding their sexuality, dating, and relationship boundaries? Prepare a list of the character qualities and skills you want to see in your sons and or your daughters when they leave your home. List ideas for how to prepare your child to meet these goals. Have a conversation with your son or daughter about what qualities they and you believe are important in themselves, their friends, and the opposite sex. What boundaries in dating need to be established before their heart is involved. Thanks for tuning in to the Family Health Podcast. I hope these become valuable resources full of encouragement and challenges as you lead your family well and with confidence and definitely not alone. Find out more about marriage and family life coaching and consulting at HealingLives.com. I want to help you and your family be successful in marriage, love, life, and family. Thank you to our sponsor, the Family Launch Academy. To get your family moving in the right direction quickly, check out our website, HealingLives.com, for available options that will serve your family best from counseling and coaching to seminars, online courses, and more. It is an honor to serve.